school years. I'm now going to varsity years. All right. Um, in the early 90s, I was in varsity, and um, computers just started seeing the, the light. It, it was very odd that someone had their own computer. Um, and I remember one of my friends by the name of Pitzkach. Um, he was an engineer and in the mining industry, therefore Pitzkach. He had his own desktop. And um, it was this dotmatic thing, you know, the black background with the green. You know, it looked like Matrix, although we didn't know what Matrix was that time. But it was fascinating. And he started printing as well. You know, could print. And, um, but yeah, we didn't have Google that time. And I still typed my th own thesis on an Olivetti typewriter. So that's, that's how it was. So, but in 1994, in August, I, I entered the corporate world. And um, I got my first own desktop in 1996. Um, but I, you know, but I was bad. Um, I, I remember I knew how to open word doc but i didn't know how to create a new document to start a new doc so i had to run up to avril she was our gm's pa i said avril how do you open a new doc she said don't you worry i don't know anything about biokinetics therefore you don't have to know anything about word doc but let me show you know she showed me how to click and it's new and there we got a doc but yeah we uh you know our presentations were on transparencies and uh, we were still very much on faxes to get to construction camps in Steelport. you know so that's how we got around but um, in 1997 i moved from megawatt park um, to menlin head office and there um, they activated my email account Needless to say, I didn't know my email account was already activated a year before. So you can see I had no clue about emails. And I had 1,600 plus emails waiting for me. So I'm like, oh my goodness. So I started deleting each one one by one. And, and, and after the first hour, I thought, no, this is not going to work. So I ran up to my boss, Frick van der Walt, and he pressed two... Um, buttons and he deleted everything at once. I was amazed, you know, so I, he spared a few hours for me. But anyway, but getting emails, I was introduced to the world of sharing. So the emails started flying around with jokes and your video clips, and that was amazing for me. I actually created a little folder that said rehabilitation, and all my video clips and my jokes were in there. And when I had a tafta, I would open up my rehabilitation folder, and I would just just breathe but anyway and this is how I got to um, the following front if you can put on the first slide um, and I think you guys might have seen this um, but it um, the way our South African home affairs can stuff up an identity document all right front have you got it there And now. Oh, go to the next one, please. Wonderful. There we go. I like that first one. Can you see the eyes, uh, the guy's face behind his document? It says there, um, <laughs> Nkubu. All right. His, his surname is Nkubu, but the photo is totally wrong. Okay. I actually asked my work colleague Tulani, how do you say that word? And he said, if it's a, if it's a, a GC, it, 
So it's Nkubu. Okay, all right. Second one, Mr. Um, Magagula. I don't think that it, that is Mr. Magagula. And then this one here at the bottom, that did the rounds a lot. I think you guys saw it as well. But according to her face, I can see her filling in her form and saying, Anna Marie, and then writing above Anna Marie, let op na die streepie op die I. And I don't know if the officer at Home Affairs was sarcastic or just following, you know, uh, what she wrote, but her second name is now Letopistrepiopi. All right. But anyway, but this is the mishaps. But then there were other fascinating ID documents that came through that spoke more about names. Rancho, if you can put up the first one. All right, let's see what the first one is. And the guy's actually there, but his name is Sunday Times Courant. All right. <laughs> Second one, Francois. All right, this guy's name is Turand. Okay. Uh, another one. All right, this one was quite cute. Pipinyana Pampun. All right, quite cute, eh? Another one. Okay, this one was Matric Exemption is his name. His parents had high hopes, yeah. All right. Actually, you should follow this guy up and see what happened. All right. But then some more very interesting ones came through. All right. Show us the next one. Victor, don't worry. All right. So you can, always, you can already see this guy's like, don't worry. See, another one. Captain Morgan. Well, this guy you want as a buddy. I mean, it will be party, party all the way. All right. And then you get, kill me quick, Jeffrey. All right, I, I thought maybe you should say, um, don't kill me quick, Jeffrey, but anyway. And then the last one is quite cute, but I think you guys saw this. Foki Fulki. All right, and I think this is the original Angry Bird. I think like, <laughs> I think like Mr. Makata that sued the Please Call Me Vodacom, I think he must maybe put his stake into, you know, the Angry Bird people. But anyway, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. You can take it off for me. So names are very fascinating. If you, if you look at these, it actually, you already start building a picture around this person. We had now the pictures of them, but if I just had the names, you would have already thought, what does this guy look like? So at our plant, in our parking lot, there's this 1999 5 Series BMW, and it's got like a strip, you know, stuck to the side of the doors that has got a tiger motive. Okay, and I think he's also got fur on the dash. This man wears white cowboy boots, a white cowboy hat. He's usually got a Miami Vice type of look, you know, the blazer with a t-shirt and the gold chain. And guess what's his name? His name is General. All right, so if he walks into a room, he, you know, personifies his name. So it's very interesting, and I always wonder, you know, does the, the chicken or the egg, did the, the image follow the name or did the name follow the image? I never know. All right. And then there's a second person at, at work. I met him actually when I started working at BMW. His name was Ichi. Now, Ichi was an IT specialist, and, um, but he was also a cricketer. He had bad, bad, inflexible hamstrings, so he always had problems with his back. So he, he eventually became my patient. And one day we actually went for coffee there at our canteen and he started telling me about how he's struggling to sleep at night because he's got hectic nightmares. And I could couple it to, you know, like a, a spiritual, he's got sp a spiritual struggles that go on. So the only thing I could do is I invited him to church. 
And the following Sunday, he actually pitched. And um, when the, the worship started, um, this guy just broke down and started crying. Tian, I, I still, where's Tian? I think you were still on the, on the, you were still on the stage doing worship that day. But this guy, as the worship started, he broke down. And that is actually where his real relationship with the Lord started. It was actually brilliant. But if his second name is Peter, and um, the most amazing thing happened, when his relationship started growing with the Lord, something clicked in him and he said, I don't want to be called Ichi anymore because Ichi for him was closely related to his past. And he, also say, he always said it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. All right. So with his second name, he actually came across Matthew 16, verse 18. And um, that is where Jesus says to Simon, he says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And Peter means rock. So the sex, drugs, and the role fell away. And Ichi, we call him Peter now. And it's amazing how... how to see this, this young man grow. He's, he's married now and they, they're expecting their first child. But Peter and I, when he, um, he works now at, at a different office, but when he gets to Roslyn, we always have a coffee and we build each other up spiritually. We know we have chats and whatever. And the one day I could actually tell him, are you the mouse behind the rock or are you the rock? You know? And that actually meant a hell of a lot to him because it just gave him, you know, just that little... Okay, yes, I understand what you mean, and he carried on, you know. So it was interesting how this guy, his name, he actually changed his name that he's now Peter. So, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing, and that how your name can start pinpointing you closer and closer to your identity. Now, my, my name is Dinda, all right? It was Dennis and Linda, and Dinda popped out, all right? But growing up, my name was quite awkward. All right, you, so what's your name? Dinda. Linda. No, it's Dinda. Linda. Dinda. Linda. Okay. Yeah, just carry on. Just, just call me Linda. You know? And my name also had never, it was never on a keychain. You know, you must, these keychains hanging in cardies. I'm always, you know, and you're small and like, where's my name? And there's nothing, you know, like, oh. And then... Also, the meaning of Dinda was nowhere to be found. The closest I got was Belinda and Linda. Now, Linda means beautiful. I thought, and Belinda means snake. So I thought, oh, that's confusing. I don't know which one to go for. You know, so I thought, oh, well, we'll just stay away from that. But one day when I was still working for Eskom, I was at the fleet department. And there was this young guy standing there. And he looked over and he said, oh, your name means something. I said, nah. No, it doesn't. No, no, no. It's just Dinda Dennis. There we go. He goes, no, 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 no. In Malawi, he was from Malawi. He says, in our, there's a language there, Chichewa. And your name, Dinda, means to stamp. I'm like, thank you. Okay, that's, that's great. <laughs> so, but I, I heard it and, you know, you forget about it and, you know, and carry on. But my my relationship with our Heavenly Father started growing and I found that I started questioning what is my, my identity. I wanted to know more and more about my identity. So to find out more about identity, I started doing courses, you know, and what is your purpose and what is your strength and stuff like that. 
And um, yeah, so, so the course has highlighted gifts and strengths to me. And slowly but surely, the gifts and the strengths I had started connecting to my name. And the one thing I realized is that if you start finding out your gifts and you start finding out your strengths, you must take extreme wisdom and responsibility on that because you can go into a flutter on the one way. My one gift, and I, I'm going to say it in Afrikaans and I'm going to just directly translate it, but the one gift is a vermaner bemoediger. Now in English, it's you, you, are, you, are, you, you, are ca- you give caution, but also encouragement. You can't just give caution, it must be coupled with encouragement. So now in relation to my name, I'm like, yes, to stamp, I will caution people. You know, you're like, yeah, you know, you, you start becoming entitled. And, it's a, it's a, and when you caution people, it's, it's like you're showing a finger, you know. Not, not the middle one, this one, all right. Um, and, but it's, it's extremely, you're sort of the party pooper because it's don't, careful, you know, whoa, you know, what about this? So the responsibility I had to take with my name, because no, 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 I'm a stamp, you know, they're like, ah, I must, I'm there to stamp. But if it can't be coupled with encouragement, so in other words, I can't show a finger to you if I can't encourage you, then I must shut my mouth. So it was very interesting how my name started, you know, I, I, you know, I started understanding my identity, what is my gifts, how does it fit into my name, but there's an extreme, a lot of responsibility around that. So, once a month, I have breakfast with a pastor, Ian Dubery. He's from church to, I don't know how many, 10, 10Ks away. But he's the, he's the pastor there um, and, in charge of the, and um, in charge of what they call the support services. So he does a lot of counseling. They call it sort of the, the sick bay of the church. You know, when people are going through a hell of a you know, bad time, they would, you know, go and get counsel there. So he's in charge of that. And we started talking about identity at, at, the, at the breakfast. And I told him about my name, exactly what I told you now. And this is how and, you know, I grew into my identity like that and so forth. But Ian unlocked something extremely amazing to me that morning. He said to me, do you know Maslow's hierarchy? I'm like, yeah, man, of course I know his hierarchy. Francia, can you put up that first one? He said, um, you, you know the basic needs of a person. Maslow says right at the bottom, it's food, water, shelter, and warmth. But I got a joke the other day, if you can show the second one. Apparently now it's Wi-Fi. <laughs> I thought that was quite cool. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so that's the, the, you know, the basic needs of a person is Wi-Fi. But anyway, so he said, you know what? When it comes to identity, you can actually chuck Maslow's hierarchy. I said, excuse me? He says, yeah, I want to tell you about Isaiah 43. And after tonight, I want you guys to go and read the whole Isaiah, okay, because I'm just taking a little bit of crunches out of it, okay. But um, he said, in Isaiah 43, um, there are three key things that a person needs to grow more in your identity. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. I said, okay, what? He said, the three things is, the first one is to belong. The second one is to be accepted. And the third one is to add value or something must add value to you. I'm going to repeat that again. So Maslow's hierarchy, you can chuck it, okay? These three things are important. To belong, 
to be accepted and to add value. Now, now let's look at Isaiah. If you can put up the first slide for me, Francia. It's Isaiah 43, 1b. So it's the second half of the verse. It says there, and this is the Lord talking to Israel. Okay. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is huge. You are mine. Number one, you belong. Isn't it amazing? The one heavy thing is if you feel you don't belong, you feel like an outcast. You belong. The moment this, the Heavenly Father and what He's done for you, and it's, it's gone into your heart, you belong. You are His. Second one, thanks, Francia. To be accepted, Isaiah 43, 4b. Because you are precious to me, you are honored, and I love you. He loves you. You are accepted. Done. It's a done deal. Okay? And number three. Um, Francois, thanks. Isaiah 43.10, but you are my witnesses. In other words, to add value. You are his witnesses, and we've been talking, and every time I talk, you are his hands and his feet. You don't have to holler out of your mouth, but your life is witness, and that adds value to your day-to-day -day thing, to love, to witness. Isn't this amazing? So Chuck Maslow, all right, and bring in Isaiah 43. It's a bit of a tough one as well if you go and read the whole one because he, he talks about this, but he also talks about if you don't do things and what he has done and what he can do. But Isaiah 43, to belong, to be accepted, and to add value. Those three things are deeply needed within you. All right? To grow your identity. But I want to caution you as I always do. I always have this thing and then careful for the next thing because that's what I do. If I caution, you guys must know, I've cautioned myself over and over about this. Isaiah 43 is amazing. It's got three steps. All right, if you do these three steps, your identity will be sorted. Nah, careful. Be very, very careful about that. So what I want to tell you tonight is if you do not grow to know the heart of the author of Isaiah 43. It's just going to be a power verse. It's just going to be an aha moment, but it's going to be fleeting. So get to know the heart of the author of Isaiah 43 and of the Bible, the heart of the author. And we are currently in ordinary time. Now, ordinary time means our uh, liturgic uh, uh, Bible year starts usually in November. What is thy now? There we go. Liturgical. There we go. Okay. Um, and we usually start in November and it builds up to Christmas and then there's Lent and then there's Easter and, and you get all these, you know, you know, little teachings and lessons to do and so forth. Ordinary time. Is, I call it the flatline time. 
All right. It's now time that all these teachings move 30 centimeters. Now, 30 centimeters is from here to here. From the brain, it's knowledge, to the soul, to the heart. It needs to move in ordinary time. And that is what ordinary time is for. That what you've learned, that it becomes part of you. It becomes part of your skin. It becomes part of your DNA. And that is why I'm cautioning you. Isaiah 43 can be fantastic. Man, you can walk out here and think, peace on earth, I can die now, I've had it. You know, I've, you know. But if it doesn't go from here to here, it's a power verse. It's like a, you know, a light bulb going on and it can go off as well. So how do you move the 30 centimeters? Basically, I'm not going to teach you this. You guys know this. Read your Bible, man. You know, meditate. Pray. Um, listen to podcasts. Love others. It's a constant journey that you are on. It's a constant journey. You can't have three steps and get your identity. It's a constant journey with the Lord to get to know his heart. And in my journey with identity, I, and that's why I tell you it's a constant journey because you think, yes, you have it, you're on your way, you're on this journey, and then things get diverted. And when I Googled, you know, identity, you know, you get these power ver or power quotes that come up. And Franchise, if you can put up the first one for me. A few things that divert me from my identity. Materialism is an identity crisis. Gap, guess, Apple, BMW, all right, okay. I had an Adidas uh, specs at one stage and it broke and I nearly didn't know who I am. Who am I going to be without these Adidas specs on my face, you know? So when you're on this journey with your identity, and materialism becomes a bit too much in your life. Just put some brakes on. Who am I really? All right, the second one. Another big thing is don't let your struggle become your identity. A lot of people. What Marty Martel gatte? All right. In other words, something bad has happened to you, but you keep on holding to that and you can't move forward. A lot of bad things happen to a lot of bad people, and I don't want to take your struggle away or whatever happened to you, take it away. But if it doesn't take you to the next step in getting to know the heart of the author, all right, then the struggle is becoming your identity. All right. So there's a few things that can block you of going forward in your identity. And I just put these two up because they, those, those are very close to me. All right, it can be different to everybody. So yeah, so the journey is the whole time. There's no quick fixes. There's no three bullet points, all right, to get to know the heart. So, but maybe Isaiah 43 is your first step in getting to get to know your identity. I don't know, all right. But while I was preparing, I just thought, and this is like a side note, there's so many subcultures in this world and if I talk subcultures it could be the atheists it could be gym bunnies 
It could be Wayless Tannis, you know. It could be Dacha addicts. Um, it could be the EFF. I don't know. It could be horse lovers, subcultures, you know, everybody that sort of gets into a little clan. And what makes us, what I call Jesus followers, what makes us different to other subcultures? And my conclusion was not much. If you think of the three things in Isaiah 43, to belong, to be accepted, and to add value, okay? If you're a gym bunny, you belong, okay? That card gets swiped and you go in and you are pumping some iron. You get accepted by the other gym bunnies, you know, and your value is your muscles that grow. You know, it, it, you can actually put it to every subculture. So there's no, not much difference between what, and if I talk to you guys in front of us, we're the Jesus followers for tonight. That's our subculture for tonight. Am I right? So not, not much puts us you know, apart from them, except that the heart of the author is what we are seeking in all of this. That's what puts us apart. And remember that. Because you're in, in different subcultures, all right. But your identity must start growing in the heart of the author. So in closure, I just want to put this up because identity is very much closely linked to the following. And Francia, if you can put the last slide up, please. The value of identity, of course, is that so often with it comes purpose. I'm going to say that again. The value of identity, of course, is that so often with it comes purpose. Okay, let's close our eyes. Lord, thank you that, um, that you are... I am and Lord if we can think of the I am our identity should actually migrate to that thank you Lord that um, when you died on the cross and, and you rose again that uh, you set us free that we can pursue our identity in your heart thank you Lord for loving us Thank you, Lord, for, for, for telling us you love us and that we belong and that you accept us and that we have value within you. We love you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. There's some more coffee.